Welcome to reviewing Westeros. It is Entertainment Talks podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO and Sky Atlantic. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today is David. How are you today? I'm good, thank you, and well done for getting reviewing Westeros out this time. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep saying in my head that, that I'm going to end up saying um, Westworld or something, but um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so we're back to discuss season seven, episode five, which was Eastwatch. Um, what did you think of this episode? Uh, interesting one, a bit calmer than um, last week's. It's it slowed down quite a lot. It was sort of all about bringing people together. Mm. This one, I think, as a nice yeah. happy family. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, as much as you get that in, in Westeros, I guess. Yes. But um, yeah, it, it was more about kind of positioning people for the last couple of episodes. I think. Mm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was it was nice to have a bit of room to breathe after the uh, you because it's been fairly intense up until this point. So there was I mean there were still moments, but mm-hmm. you know it's uh, it was nice that there was some interesting little tidbits in this episode as well. So yeah, I really like this episode. Um, I know it did it didn't have a big battle sequence. You don't, you don't need that every episode. It's still Game no. of Thrones. The characters and the plot are still interesting enough to hold itself together in this episode and multiple episodes in the past have proved that you don't need dragons and white walkers every episode it would be very cool but you don't need you don't need it to make the show better or make the show good um yeah some people have been saying like all oh, the game of thrones is like too fast paced and they're skipping over some stuff i my question is is that and like some people are saying that they're telling the story too fast kind of but my question is is that because some of those people were book readers, some of them are, some of them aren't. They've already gone past the books, so how do those <laughs> yeah. fans know if the story is being rushed or not? Because they, no. the the material that, to my what I understand, the material that's being told at the moment isn't book material because it's gone past that. So how do you know if it's too fast if that material didn't exist to begin with? Yeah, so exactly. I, I don't know, but because um, yeah. you. You can't say something, an adaption of something exists if that part of it doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. So, no, totally. Know. But um, how, how do you feel pacing wise about the season? I think it's going, it's going really well. Pacing. Yeah. No, I, I don't feel I like it's no, too fast or anything. No, I have no problem with the pacing at all. I mean, I think, I think that's more a case of people are used to it being sort of ten episodes or whatever, and you know, obviously it's seven this season, so they maybe feel like the story is running along a bit quicker than it usually would. But uh, honestly, I, I haven't had a problem with the pacing at all. I think the pacing's absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, you know, they are packing a lot in, and yeah, maybe people would like them to linger a little bit more on certain bits and and that sort of stuff, mm. but. Uh, you know, which is sort of what they've done previously. I mean, the pacing has always been quicker than oh, the yeah. books. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, if you did it at the pace of, of George's books, I mean, the, you'd be here for, literally for years <laughs> filming this series. I yeah. mean, for, for centuries filming the series, you know. Mm. Um, so... I, I don't know. I mean, I don't have an issue with it. I think it's it's going at a, it is going at a strong pace, but I think that's fine. Mm. I don't have a problem with that. And hey, I'd rather have it too quick than too too fast paced than too slow. 
So because then, yeah. then you're just sitting around waiting for stuff to happen rather than click, click, click. These things are happening. The story's moving. So absolutely, yeah, I'd rather have it this way than the other way around. Um, but yeah, lots of great little moments in the episode. Lots. Of, there still was dragon stuff. It wasn't as much as as last week, of course, but it, that was still great as well. But yeah, a lot of nice character moments. So let's get into the episode. Yeah, uh, Jamie and Bron come to shore. The episode seems to take place about. 10 minutes after last episode not like immediately after because they've like washed ashore and stuff yeah uh, so jamie and bron come to shore bron asks him what the hell he was like thinking charging at dragon jamie says he was trying to end the war uh he clearly wasn't thinking straight bron says until i get what i'm owed only i can kill you not these dragons not cersei not you know yeah any of these people me <laughs> which i thought was quite funny um Jamie talks about the threat that the dragons really are and says he has to tell Cersei because he says, like, you know, if Danny decides to really use these dragons, we're in a huge amount of trouble, which, you know, I'm glad he's getting the, the that into his head uh, and tries to sell, tell Cersei later, of course. Um, anything you want to say about this bit? No, I mean, I, as we predicted last week, there is no way in hell that they were going to kill Jamie off mm. that way. So, you yeah. know... Um, I, I, you know, he's back and, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad that he certainly seems to be seeing that, that there is a, they are a major, major threat and they are really in trouble. And, um, it's interesting because I mean, there is something that comes up later, which possibly changes this, but they are still driving that wedge between Jamie and Cersei, um, throughout this episode. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously he still loves her, but there, there is, you know, in every every single action that Cersei makes seems to be driving more and more of a wedge between them. Yeah. Um, and until that sort of bombshell reveal later on. So. Mm. Yeah, I like the opening scene. I thought it was good. Um, because I wasn't sure whether to stop there or go and talk about Tyrion. Uh, but yeah, he's not dead. So there you go. Yeah. Um, soaking wet though, but not dead. Um, Tyrion walks through the battlefield with some men burnt to ash. It's like in the aftermath of the of the big war. Um, Danny talks about uh, bending the knee and says that uh, Cer- Cersei is the one lying to you. She says this to the Lannister army. Uh, Dickon and uh, Randall Tarly refuse to bend the knee, and he says, "I already have a queen. I'm not bending the knee to you." Uh, that's more of what Randall says than what Dickon says. Um, and as punishment, uh, Tyr- Tyrion says, you, you can't behead these people. Uh, so she gets uh, Drogon to burn them alive on the spot. <laughs> um, yeah. Pretty good aiming. Because I, I kind of thought, okay, if if Drogon's going to burn these two alive, they need to be a bit more separate from the others because, you know, fire can spread kind of easily. Um, yeah. But he's been well trained. Uh, so what yes. did you think of this? Um, I mean, it's interesting to see Daenerys kind of become more Targaryen as, Mm. as the battle kind of commences. You know, she's, I don't think she's going mad. There was logic behind that. You know, she's Mm, basically, yeah. And she did, she did give them the choice. You know, she did say you either join me or you die basically. Mm. Um, so I mean, yes, she did give them a choice. Uh, they didn't back down. Uh, I thought it was very stupid of Dickon to to say, "Oh well, you can burn me alive too." Basically, yeah, that's basically just surrendering for not much reason. So 
Yeah, I, I thought that was stupid. Now, yeah, and Tyrion obviously doesn't want to see all these houses kind of get wiped out, which is effectively what's just happened to their house. So, yeah, I mean, I I do see Cersei's, I, I do see, sorry, uh, Danny's point with this, mm. but you know, I it, it does slightly jar with me in that she's she's heading down this path at the moment slightly darker path uh, yeah yeah and it's it's whether they can she can keep control of it that's the thing that concerns me yeah, or whether how, she's going to flip out and how Tyrion can kind of help with that which Varys talks to Tyrion later about that yeah, yeah. I thought it was a good scene it was kind of shocking but you sort of realised what was going on as it was happening um, in the way of like okay these people are now going to be burned alive rather than beheaded um, and she's not going to just let them go so yeah I thought it was a good scene and Dragon has a big presence like with the whole roaring and or whatever you'd call it that the dragon does like pretty loud and stuff um, yeah but I thought in in like an epic way you know what I mean like showing a yeah. sort of big presence on the screen I thought that was great too but yeah um, Dickon was being stupid to say like yes. okay I'll, I'll just surrender myself as well then and kind of like why <laughs> you know just to show allegiance and then die later anyway but um, yeah there you go uh jamie returns to cersei and tells her about the dragons and the dothraki uh he says that there is no war we can win she of course doesn't you know doesn't believe him fully or whatever uh whatever's on her mind at the moment he also tells cersei about joffrey and elena which that was dealt with in a couple of episodes ago and cersei questions the whole thing because of course she does because she's cersei yeah. um yeah i mean jamie has you know he feels the need to update cersei and tell cersei what's happening because he's he's kind of trying to be on both sides um because we kind of see that later as well because like when he meets with Tyrion he's kind of stuck in the middle of it all um in in not a great way and he's trying to kind of convince Cersei in this speech um but yeah of course she's just not going to believe him so what what did you think of this bit yeah um i mean the problem problem is that Cersei just is is very disbelieving in in anything that comes out of sort of anybody's mouth really i mean yeah. the she chooses what she wants to believe yeah yeah she's she's very selective in what she wants to actually believe so um i mean i don't know i i i think that potentially could be her downfall and whether they're going to be actually able to convince her i it's whether this changes the her relationship with Tyrion at all but i strongly suspect it won't do no i don't think so um you know she still blames obviously Tyrion did actually kill their father justifiably i think but yeah. um you know, even though she, he didn't kill Joffrey, so I don't think that's going to make a huge amount of difference to her, mm. unfortunately. Yep, we shall see what she decides to do, especially with the proposal that's being made that she doesn't quite know about yet, which we'll talk about later, of course. Mm. Uh, where are we now? Uh, John and Danny are back at Dragonstone, and Drogon has a nice moment with John. Uh, I guess they're friends now. Usually they say, like, if an animal lets you pet them, then they're kind of friends with you. Uh, not sure if it works the same way with dragons, but it, it seemed to in this scene. Yeah. Uh, Danny talks about them being her children. He says that, like, that's not quite the word I would use. Um, 
they have a chat about what has been happening. Uh, John says that he has a knife. John says that the knife in the heart was a figure of speech from. Um, yeah. From. Uh, what was his name? Not Jorah. Uh, 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 Davos. Yeah. Yeah. When he said yeah. it before. Yes, Davos. Uh, Jorah returns. Danny for a nice reunion and all is well with the two of them. Uh, he is clear of the grayscale and ready to fight. I thought this was pretty nice. This was what we kind of talked about earlier with the nice kind of character moments in this episode. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to see Jura back and sort of looking very healthy. Uh, I mean, the removing of the grayscale was absolutely horrific, but, mm. um, I, you know, I just disgusting. But. Um, I'm I'm quite glad that you know he's back and you get him to hear go hear him go Khaleesi again, which is great. Um, so I'm I'm quite glad that he's back. Uh, yeah, I, I thought there was some lovely little moments in this. The interesting thing about John and the dragon, as well, of course, goes to is goes back to his parentage. Yeah, and it's another hint to his parentage, which we already know he's sort of half Targaryen. So, mm. um. Uh, I mean, there's a bit that comes up a bit later, which we can, I'm sure we'll come to, but which also goes into that um, a bit more. But mm. yeah, I mean, I I thought uh, I thought that was quite nice, and sort of the first time he's got that close to one of the dragons, I thought that was good. Yeah, and like it's funny when uh, you see the the camera from sort of Danny's point of view. She's like, "What's what's going on down there?" There's a big neck in the way. I, I, I can't see what's happening. <laughs> yeah, uh, which I thought was quite funny as well. So yeah, no, not quite a nice scene, and I'm glad to see Jorah finally back to where he basically belongs. Yeah, that's quite nice. Um, this was an interesting scene. I thought it was quite entertaining. Of course, I thought this episode was entertaining, but there you go. Bran walks a few uh, crows and goes to check in on the Night King. Um, he travels quite a distance in order to see how far they've got, of course, because they're on their way and he needs to keep track of them, um, to see how far they've gotten. And Bran says he needs to send ravens. The Night King looks up at the, the flock of birds and it sort of disperses or, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um... Some people were debating if Bran was startled by the Night's King turning around because he he sort of sees the Night's King from a distance, and he goes down a bit further, and then the Night's King sort of shifts where he where he's looking. Um, do you think he was startled, or do you think Bran that was Bran sort of looking at the Night's King, seeing that he's looked over at, and then dispersing the, the birds? What do you think? I I don't know. I don't think he was startled by it. I think it was just it was one of those things. I think you re- you can read too much into yeah. this. Yeah. Um I think <laughs> it was just a case of him him um not one not necessarily knowing what the Night King's powers are, possibly not wanting him to realise that he's being watched, maybe. I don't know. But um Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, it it could be interesting to see um, what he what he kind of makes of that because he doesn't really like he hasn't really told anyone that much about this whole walking thing. Yeah, yeah, and how he sort of because I mean Sansa approached him was it a couple of episodes episodes ago and he sort of said like I don't have time to explain this to you so you know he's yeah. got a little bit of explain explaining to do is how how this all works and stuff. Yes. Um. But yeah, that, I thought that was quite a cool scene, and we of course get to see the big sort of flock of um, all the big army of the dead again, which goes quite far back. There's quite a few of them there. 
So, yes, yes, quite a lot of them. Yes, loads of them. Uh, various interior are having a chat. They talk about Cersei's choice to burn... Um, Cersei's? Why did I write Cersei's? Danny's choice to burn the father and son earlier. Um, and Tyrion says that he can't make her decisions for her. They talk about what the scroll says. Uh, Varys says, you know, it's, uh, it's a sealed scroll for the Night King. I can't read what it says. And uh, um, Tyrion says, like, well... How bad is it? So, like, hinting that they've opened it anyway, and he says, it's "Yeah, good." So, yeah. What do you think of this nice little interaction? I love seeing Varys on screen. I'm shame, mm. shame he doesn't get more more screen time. Um, particularly, you know, the two of them they're 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 really good together. Um, so, yeah, I would like to see Varys used a bit more, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like the way Tyrion's sort of kind of still bringing some of the comedy and Varys is there to help. Yes. Uh, I think the, the week before you came back, Tyrion had that episode where he was saying to um, Danny, like, I wouldn't lie to, to lie about that to you, that kind of thing, which was one of his uh, funnier episodes. Um, yeah. So he's still kind of bringing the comedy, which is nice as well. Um, yeah. We'll get to what the scroll says in a minute because that's in a later scene. Uh, John is back in, um, that big sort of negotiation room with Danny, Very, Varys, Tyrion, and Davos, um, they're all in there, they talk about, uh, bringing a White Walker to Cersei, they agree to let Tyrion see Jamie and try and negotiate something, uh, Jorah talks about allowing Danny to serve for her, uh, John talks about going back to the wall to get some men for help, I'm interested in a way that... Danny says, I didn't give you like permission to leave kind of thing, but in that in that sort of I don't want you to leave kind of way. Yeah. It felt a bit more I don't want to start the whole shipping thing, but it felt a little bit more maybe romantic in like in that sort of sense. Yes, yes. Um I I mean that's that's the sort of interesting thing regarding the Targaryens, because I mean they don't see incest as being such a uh big taboo i guess mm. but yeah because she is basically his aunt so yeah. <laughs> so i i mean i i don't know whether we're actually going to get anything there but uh yeah it's that there, there does seem to be a connection forming between the two of them mm. so what do you think of this plan to get a white walker and show it to cersei <gasps> It's great in theory yeah it's great in theory but kind of dangerous i mean how i mean I believe there is a point in the books that, you know, because although the the story as a whole hasn't reached the books, there are elements out of the books in okay. some of this, I believe, because I, I think they were saying that there is, uh, there's a point in one of the books where they bring the hand of a White Walker, I think, to Cersei. Um, okay. In, so, in this so, episode, they don't specify what they want. They just say White Walkers. Yeah, they do, I mean, the idea is to try and catch a whole white and, and bring a white walker back with them, mm. if possible. Mm. Um, I, I, that seems to be the plan. Whether they manage that uh, is an entirely different matter. But Because uh, yeah. ideally you want a live white walker or, you know, a white to, to be able to convince her. I suppose so, Otherwise, right? it's just a decomposed sort of ugly dead body head, yeah, so whatever. yeah I, I was thinking like if you if they go out there they cut a head off of the white walker and run back and 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 get it 
will the White Walkers head stay in that form, or like, like how how does that kind of thing work? Will well, it I mean, stay exactly I, how it is like. I think I think the plan is to try and bring a live one back, but how on earth they do that, I don't know. Hmm. So, yeah, because I mean, um, in like Walking Dead, when they've done this sort of thing before, the Walkers are a lot easier to control because you can just like cut their arms off and then cut their sort of bottom jaw off. Yeah, um, and they're a lot easier to sort of move around because you saw that in season two. Um, but yeah, I don't know how it would work with with the White Walkers, but uh, we shall see next week how that all goes down. That should be interesting. Yes. Um, any else from the scene that you want to talk about? No, I think we covered it. Okay. Uh, Sansa and Arya having a chat about John. This scene confused me a little bit, but we can we can talk about it. Sansa and Arya having a chat about John's decision to. Go up to uh, Dragonstone and meet with the the queen uh, or the you know mother of dragons. Uh, and Arya talks about being impatient for John to return, but the way Arya says it is not in a king's way in terms of like, are you struggling with power and you're like desperately waiting for John to return? Because it seems like she's got the handle of things. So I'm not quite sure what Arya was getting at. I. I wonder if she was sort of getting it. You know, Arya is is um, impatient for John to return. Possibly, I think maybe that's what she was. Okay. Sort of... You think she's sort of pushing some of that onto Sansa? Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe. Because it does seem like Sansa's holding things well together. Um, yeah. At the moment, like people don't aren't up in arms and and whatever. Um, yeah. What did you think of the scene? Yeah, I mean, I I do wonder if you know, Arya obviously I think thinks Sansa's you know I mean is a sister and basically is getting a bit big for her boots and is possibly trying to take power for herself. Do you, do you mean so in the mean, way she's telling Arya like you have to call me my lady or whatever? Yeah, that, that sort of thing. Yeah, that sort of stuff. Um, I, and I think, you know, she's gone from being the big sister to, you know, being a sort of bratty, um, more, you know, ruler, basically. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, 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 so, I mean, I, there's obviously tension between the pair of them over that because Arya's, you know, wanting to fight at this point, I think. Yeah, wanting to do her list and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, I did think it was a good scene. It was just a little bit confusing as to exactly what Arya was was getting at. But Sansa seems to be holding things well. And there was a little scene before where she's talking in her uh, in the sort of main room. Yeah. Um, to some of the other men there, which was quite good as well. Yeah. Uh, Davos and Tyrion uh, return to King's Landing. A bit dangerous. Uh, Davos goes. Uh, to eventually find Gendry, which is his return, and Tyrion meets with um, Bronn to have a reunion with Jamie to try and convince him about Cersei. Uh, Davos, Gendry, and Tyrion have an encounter with some guards. Um, Davos pays one of them off, uh, and Gendry kills them after they sort of realise um, who Tyrion is, or they have like s- suspicions about him. Yeah, because uh, as Tyrion's like, he goes past those steps and walks past the guys, and then he's giving them that like damn I got caught kind of look uh, which I thought was was kind of funny and then yeah. the way the camera kept panning towards the sledgehammer thing you're like yeah Gendry's going to use it on these guys and it's going to be really cool when he does and he did 
um and it was yeah. very cool um yeah. i didn't think it would quite impact that much but it, it did work in the way that he wanted to I, I guess he's had some practice with it as well the way he was sort of swinging it about and stuff um so genji kills them after they ask more money for davos and then they leave um what did you think of these scenes I I liked uh, Gendry's return. I thought was was good. Yeah, uh, I thought the they did it really well. Was, was kind of fun yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Davos makes a, a comment about I thought you'd still be rowing, which I thought you know was a quite nice little nod. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to have Gendry in there with a hammer as well because that's not really a weapon we've seen very much of. Mm. So yeah, it's a lot of sword play and stuff. But yes, it's nice to have him there with a giant hammer. Uh, I did see a little meme where there was a group of group of them sort of heading off into uh, um, you know into uh, past the wall, and uh, somebody got a little cartoon where they're all kind of lined up in a row, and uh, you know it's like level seventy warrior, level seventy priest, level seventy you know, and they're going through them, and then yeah. you've got Gendry, and he's like level two, and somebody going, you need to level up Gendry, you know. So. <laughs> Yeah, so that was quite I think cool. I saw something similar, something like Suicide Squad related, which right. some people didn't like that comparison. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this was great. I, this episode was really well acted, I thought, um, in particular, with every character across the board, really. Um, I like Jamie and, Tyr- and Tyrion's sort of reunion. That was quite nice yes. as well. Um, and I like what they did with, with these guards as well, who were cl- clearly like equipped, but not that well equipped they've got like you know sheet metal helmets and stuff and um what do you call that sort of netting armor that they have on? uh chain mail yeah chain mail that sort of stuff so they're equipped but clearly not very well equipped um but yeah i thought that was quite good as well um jamie yeah. and cersei are talking again because they keep having conversations this season this time about a truce between danny and herself cersei asks jamie about punishing bron because she wants somebody to be punished because um, she looks a bit bored. She looks like she sort of wants something to happen, but, you know, she's not the fighter, so she's just waiting around for things to be negotiated and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Cersei talks about dragons, dragon queens, and white walkers and says, um, "Where whatever is in our way, we will defeat it, which I think was a line from the trailer, um, which I thought was, you know, her just being kind of big-headed again and sort of saying I can basically take on anything that's basically what she's saying with that. Uh, Cersei tells Jamie she's yeah. pregnant. Not every fan believes her, of course, uh, and that they will tell the people Jamie is the father. Uh, do you think she's pregnant? I I suspect she is because Jamie sort of walked in on on that. So yeah, mm. on her being examined. So I I think she possibly is. Uh, I you know I I don't think that's necessarily a a, a ploy because I I don't think she thinks that Jamie is that far away from her you know I don't think there would be any need for her to do that I mean obviously they're disagreeing but I don't think she sees Jamie as a threat at all which would be you no, know I, she does no. I I mean th- then it would make sense for her to make up a presidency but I don't think she's there yet I don't think she sees Jamie as uh, as being somebody that's either uh, that's at the wrong side or, or is a threat to her. Mm. so um 
but that's quite an interesting twist to put in because yeah we've been saying previously that we think jamie may be the one that actually kills cersei but whether he would still do it or whether that just adds to the tension about whether he would do it because she's pregnant with his child um i see what you mean yeah you know so i i that that's quite an interesting little plot twist to put in um you know because i it's it's one of those things as well that i the public i'm not entirely sure will accept the fact that you know it's the child of jamie and cersei so i mean does it have a legitimate i suppose it's i suppose it does have a legitimate like claim to the throne when it assuming it ever gets born (laughs) and jamie doesn't kill her beforehand but you know any of the any of any of the other threats to water yeah yeah dragons white walkers danny Jamie, Arya, yeah, yeah, yes. got a lot of enemies. <laughs> yes, a lot of enemies. She's been playing the Game of Thrones well enough to be alive, but she's made too many enemies. So, yeah, um, if yeah. if she survives the whole series, I'll find that very unrealistic. I don't know yes. about the season as that's up for debate, but the whole rest of the series, I I don't think she survives. She's just got too many enemies, and she's not got enough power, and she's not a fighter herself. So, I don't see her no. surviving at all. Um, but yeah, I like her whole speech about, you know, there's all these, you know, dragons and white walkers and everything, but we can just defeat it anyway kind of thing. Yeah, um, that's somewhat naive, I think. <laughs> not believing, not sort of fully believing Jamie when he comes back and says, like, look, there's all this trouble happening and I've just come from this fight, basically. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she's hopefully going to get her comeuppance. Is that the word? I think that's the yes. right word. Uh, going forward to Sam, he gets a bit pissed off at Gilly for going on about the book she's reading. Um, he decides to grab a sword. I think it's the sword that he picks up. Um, a few other books and scrolls. It seems like he knows what he's picking out. I, I'm guessing he does. He yeah. must know because he was randomly kind of going through. So I'm assuming he knew he had an idea of what he was getting. And I think he's probably put those books back in specific places. Yes. Or like, because he's been in that restricted section before. So I'm assuming he knows what is where. So, um, and the Citadel doesn't seem like a place that is going to be unorganized. No, no. I mean, I, I'm assuming he knew what he was getting. So, mm. yeah. Um, and then he leaves the Citadel with uh, Gilly and and the baby as well. Where do you think he's going? Um, I wonder if he's <clears throat> I he's he's maybe going up to Winterfell, possibly. Mm. that may be where he's heading that would seem like the logical place for him um we've skipped over because the the major bit in that which is gillian reading that bit about the king uh having a secret marriage and and uh sam cuts her off yeah and that's that's fairly major because um we knew that john was supposedly the bastard son of uh you know, he's of uh, ned and uh, the you know the other woman and then but this potentially legitimizes john yeah as having a, a legal legitimate claim to the throne as much as daenerys does mm. because if if they were actually married which is what that story says um then he can legitimately claim the throne for himself mm. because he's not a bastard because he was, he was born inside the marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I've been trying to follow this whole family tree thing as best I can. Um, 
sometimes I can't even pull up my own family tree. So uh, <laughs> all these different, you know, marriages and and Targaryens and all that sort of stuff is uh, a little hard to keep up with. But yeah, it's uh, it, it it was pretty good as well. Um, hopefully, it all comes comes through. Either when Sam says something, finds out something, or if Bran says something, because he's the one that knows kind of everything. And I'm I'm assuming Bran is uh, waiting for John to come back. To, um, uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's a face to face conversation, not something you put in the scroll. No, yeah, especially not a sealed scroll, still sealed scroll that people can still read. So yes, um, it, the scroll that they were holding, it looks like you can just slide the scroll out of the seals anyway, read it, fold it up, and then put it back in. <laughs> yes. So yeah, uh, but yeah, I thought this was good, and I'm looking forward to seeing where Sam ends up. Yeah. Um. A little hide and seek thing here. Arya and Littlefinger are playing sort of sort of hide and seek. Um yeah. one of them isn't supposed to know. He receives something from a woman as well. I'm not quite sure what that is. Like Arya's looking at him when he's in the um dungeon sort of bit. I think it was where uh Ramsey died. Um I yeah, I, I think we yeah, we I don't think we're supposed to know exactly what Littlefinger was getting up to, other mm. than he was after acting shifty. Yeah, I like the way that he, I, I, he turns. He turns around. He like senses someone's in, and Arya's gone. Like, yeah, that's something you'd sort of see in like Batman or like Arrow. You know, the, the people <laughs> yeah. go in the room to see if uh, Arrow's there, and he's just gone already. So I thought that was quite nice as well. Shows sort of what Arya's become in this sort of like sneaky assassin type person. Yes, uh, but. Yeah, he, Arya breaks in the room as well and reads this other this scroll that he gets from this man. Arya breaks in the room, not in the quietest way. No, no. Um, breaks in the room and reads it, but Littlefinger is watching from the distance. Uh, she reads the scroll. I wrote down bits and pieces that I could see in this, but I couldn't see it all because some the, like edges of it were blurred. Uh, yeah, Joffrey tried to steal his throne. That was one little sentence I got. Um, and killed from wounds he took in a it's, yeah it, it's basically um it, it implies that sansa was uh complicit in the death of their father basically mm. is what the scroll is saying yeah so it seems to be a plant by Littlefinger to turn the two sisters against each other yeah that's it, it says uh your faithful sister sansa at the bottom as well so uh... yeah so it, it that's what it appears to be. I mean, it's a reference back to kind of earlier on. And, uh, you know, uh, basically uh, Sansa sort of, I think, pledging allegiance to Joffrey um, and that resulting in the death of their father. So hmm. that's what the scroll is kind of trying to imply uh, and implicate that, uh, Sansa had a hand in the death of Ned um, it, so it appears to be a plant by Littlefinger to turn the two sisters against each other hmm. did we see her put it back the scroll or did she take it with her I think she put it back I don't know whether we saw it I assume she put it back because it would like, be dangerous and to take it. it and then it, that implication thing wouldn't be there yeah, maybe. Cause then, but yeah. then he would know that somebody'd been in there, which I mean, we know he does, but she doesn't know that he knows. Yeah. <laughs> so, I suppose so. I I just think that it, it would make sense that you would just take that and burn it because, like, 
it's not saved on a hard drive or like you know it's it's ever ever coverable if um yeah but uh, you've got to look at it from from iris point of view is um this is potentially proof that sansa had something to do with the death of ned therefore it's not in her best interest because she probably would want to confront sansa with it yeah so we'll, we'll, so, we'll see so, that goes as well yeah yeah we we keep getting these little hints as to what little fingers up to and i mean there's still some mystery it's like you know what did what did that woman give to him and what is what is he actually up to and why did he want you know he wants to turn these two sisters against each other but there must be something else he's up to like we still don't know why he gave bron the dagger and why he said like you know i, I can yeah. give you whatever you want to bran kind of thing i mean <clears throat> i think he's he's after my my suspicion is he's obviously after control of the north through Sansa and what he's trying to do is sort of isolate Sansa from the rest of her family yeah. I think but you know whether there is something else going on as well I'm not sure yep um and then this is a little team up we get uh, I couldn't find everyone's name but I found the ones I found uh Jorah Gendry John Davos the Hound Tormund and and two I think two others uh, they form up to go and try and catch one of these White Walkers. So this is part of the plan that we we discussed earlier. The whole like Suicide Squad, Avengers team up that people were talking about for Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, and then just before this scene, uh, Tormund says, "You need to convince. Uh, do you need to convince the one with the dragons or the one that sleeps with her brother?" Which I thought was quite a funny line <laughs> to write yes. down. And then John says both. So, um. Yeah, I guess talking about the whole White Walkers thing then, how do you think this will go? At least one of them people has to die, otherwise I, I don't I, find I, it realistic. I suspect so. I mean, we've seen shots from the various trailers before of uh, the guy with the flaming sword. Yeah. So that's sort of interesting. Um, there is obviously, I think they are going to encounter um, the army because that's sort of the whole point of them going over there. So... I mean, whether they catch just a small group or, or, or you know, what, what happens, I don't know. But they're obviously going to run into trouble the other side of the wall. Mm. Uh, I mean, it seems like a very risky prospect, but uh, it's an interesting team up that they've got there. It's a very interesting group of people. So, yeah, pretty good fighters in there as well. So, I mean, you've got yes. the alone. So, um, and then you got, we don't know what draw can, we've seen him a bit, but. Like, how is he after his grayscale? Is that just, like, completely non-effective now? It's, it's, I, sort, it sort of seems to be, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I think Jury's still pretty handy as a fighter, and, you know, the grayscale seems to have gone. Whether that will have any side effects, I I, mm. I don't know, but um, it seems to have gone, so we'll see. And the Brotherhood are fairly handy as well, so... Yeah. But, yeah, this whole thing just seems so dangerous. Like they've got no yes. kind of transport. They didn't take any like horses or like or I, I don't know. It just seems. I suppose bit... horses would probably freeze to death the other side of the yeah. wall, which is or like any kind of transport. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, no, I know what you mean. But... Uh, I mean it was literally, but then that's how they pretty much always go the other side mm. of the wall. Is they I guess just if it was like them. two or three of them on their own, then that would just be stupid. But it is like seven of them, so. Mm. Um, yeah, I think one person's going to die. I'm not sure exactly who. Um, I think with Jorah and Gendry just coming back, I don't think it's either of those. Um, 
Yeah, sure. it'd be a bit cruel to kill off Gendry just as, just as he comes back and is comes awesome. back in. But yeah, yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah. But we'll see how the White Walker mission goes next week. Um, I do have Chris wasn't able to make it, but he did send me a message of his thoughts on the episode, so I'm going to read that out quickly. He said, "Excellent episode, no real action, but plenty of development from everywhere, which we kind of agreed with." Satisfying moments throughout, especially with the new group of warriors formed by John, which we just talked about as well. Sam and Jorah had some very interesting developments, you know, with Jorah meeting back up with Danny and Sam leaving the Citadel. Um, and Baelish is far from out of the game, outsmarting Arya and sort of tricking her. Mm. Sansa, Child, and Tyrion and Jamie exchange was shocking. Uh, very excited for the last two episodes. Yeah, I think yes. we, can, we can all agree with all that. So, yes. Chris, for your comment. Um, yeah, that's it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. Um, you can find all the other content on entertainmenttalk.org. Me and Robert this week discussed some uh, different video game stuff, including the No Man's Sky update, which, you know, is controversial. Um, and we discussed some other video game related stuff in there as well. Uh, there's some other Crash Bandicoot content to come out as I'm still making my way through that as well. Um, so look out for those in the future and yeah we're still doing game of thrones so keeping things nice and light not trying to add too much stuff so um there and there's things on the way as well you can follow us on twitter at etalkuk you can get involved in the conversation either twitter facebook or email the emails entertainment talk at hotmail.com you can support us over on patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk um, I believe the survey is still open. Have a look for that on the website as well, and uh, that would greatly help me to decide what is worth keeping and what isn't. So please go and fill that out. Um, the easiest way you can support us is word of mouth and rating and re- reviewing us on iTunes. Uh, the iTunes link is in the show notes as well. So please go and do that. And until then, we'll see you on the next piece of content. And George, please get the book out when you can. So there you go. All right, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.